listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we're dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you're listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. So um, I'm going to do something I've been threatening to do for a while now, and every time I go, it just doesn't happen. But I am. Today, I'm going to talk about something I started a few weeks ago talking about about persecution, and I feel like the hour is at hand that this is important, and it could be something that's an increasing, that comes in increasing measure, and I'm not one that believes that we should be persecuted, but I'm one that believes that the enemy wants to destroy the church and destroy and stop, can't destroy it, but stop the message of the gospel. And so the day that we're living in, it's extremely important that we understand some of these things. And so I'm going to give you some, some tools to kind of stick in your belt that are going to help you in, in the days to come. And it might not be as much this year, but it will be in the years to come. I really believe that because here's the deal. We don't live by doom and gloom. Amen. We serve a God that is an ever increasing God and he he increases us in blessing and joy and peace. But what's happened in our country is we've become almost inoculated to the idea of persecution throughout the world. And uh, that's been good in the sense that we've been able to just to live underneath of the blessing without concern of having our head chopped off. But there's a huge part of the world that cannot, they don't live like that. They live daily with the concern of what's taking place around them and who's trying to destroy them. And I'm not ever praying and believing that that will happen in our country, but I'm also aware of the fact that we have evil that's trying to destroy and trying to stop not only our freedoms, but is also trying to stop and discourage believers from doing things that they're supposed to do. And we see little bitty, um, little bitty trinkets of this that are, that are working in our society and our culture right now. And I'm gonna steer off for just one moment, but then I'm gonna come back it's extremely important that we understand this. I'm very patriotic. I've been playing um, patriotic songs in our house for the last couple of days. And so if you heard before church, that's what was playing is Star Spangled Banner and all those kind of things. And we're living right now in a time when they, the powers that be on the side that is doing some evil things, they're trying to destroy our history and they're trying to destroy the moral fiber, uh, fiber of our country. And they've been at it for a long time. So I'm one that I get really hot in my blood when I see Christians being passive, like, oh, it doesn't matter. And oh, we don't need to vote. And oh, this, that, and the other. No, you do need to vote. As a matter of fact, you're going to hear it probably every week between now and probably next week, actually, I'm going to bring things in. I'm going to make it real convenient for you to go and register and vote. If you don't vote, you need to vote. We live in a place where we have the privilege to be able to vote, to decide who we want to represent us. And let me just clear something up here, that this is not a democracy. This is a constitutional representative republic. That means that we are governed by a constitution and we have representatives that represent us, the people, to go and pass the laws and do the governing for us. As a matter of fact, we are not their servants, but they are our servants. It's extremely important that we understand this. And so there is not another country in the entire world. As a matter of fact, I, and I, I posted this on Facebook, for those of you that follow me on Facebook, 
not, there was a man named Daniel uh, Webster, and I forget the time period, I want to say it was early 1800s, something like that, that it, when he was talking about the Constitution, he said not in 6,000 years, which is basically the history of man, not in 6,000 years has there been another document that has ever been created equal to the United States Constitution. And if America should ever cease to be a republic and lose the Constitution, anarchy will be spread throughout the entire world. He realized back then the cap that America and the Constitution and our freedom, the cap it put on evil going throughout the whole rest of the world. One of the things that I'm, I'm, working, I'm working towards, and even this morning I was praying, Lord, I would be willing to do that, is to teach American history, but teach it properly. Because what's happened is that there's been a lot of teaching on American history, but a lot of it has had indoctrination in there that have taught people things that are not true. And one of the things that we're seeing today is like, yeah, let's tear down the statues of the old white guys because they were all racist. Let me tell you something. For those of you that don't know, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, two of our founding fathers of this country, both were against slavery. And you say, yes, but they own slaves. Yeah, because that was the time that they lived in. And listen, listen, I discovered this years ago during the time when people owned slaves and I've never been for slavery. Slavery is 100% wrong. God is not for slavery. It should have never been a part of our country. But if they had during that time, because see, in 1609 was when the colonists came over. And then I believe it was in 1619, I may have the dates a little off, but I'm pretty close, is when they brought slaves over. And then in 16... 20 is when the pilgrims came over. And so there was already, with the people that had come over first, there was already slavery that, it was, that was a part of it. And it should have been completely eradicated. And I found this out, that Thomas Jefferson was a part of the original writing of the Declaration of Independence. And because the country, the colonies were under so much pressure, they had to get it passed. But in the original writings of the Declaration of Independence, slavery was completely removed and was no longer a part of it. He was against it. So imagine this, where you're in a culture where slavery is, is a part of the culture. It's not right, but it is a part of what's going on in the country. For the people that hated black people during that time, many slave owners were mean and cruel. But you know what, Liz and I learned something years ago. Many of them were not. Many of them treated them very, very well and realized that if they had set them free, they would be setting them free to other mean and cruel slave owners. So until there could be something that would, that would ratify the situation or rectify the situation and make it right, in certain cases, it was actually more compassionate to keep them and treat them well instead of releasing them to be killed. I'm not saying that that was 100% right. I'm saying that there was a lot of things mixed in there, but here's what I am saying. People right now are wanting to undo what is, has been set right in our country because of some wrong that was done. Let me ask you something. If someone were to come up to you and say, I want to give you a million dollars, would you ask them, have you ever done anything wrong in your life? Because if you have, I really don't want that million dollars. We've been given... The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States of America, it's the greatest document that has ever lived outside of the Bible. We've been given to us. As a matter of fact, if you go and read the Declaration of Independence, it says that 
it says that all men were created equal. Why did they put that in there? Because they knew at some point the freedom that they had been given, the freedom that they fought for, eventually was going to cause all men to be free. It didn't say all white men were created equal. It said that all men were created equal. And unfortunately, it's one of the most shameful things in American history that the black people have had to fight for the freedoms that they've had to. But you know what? At least they had a constitution to stand on to be able to fight for it. Going and tearing down things, tearing down statues, erasing our history is not good. As a matter of fact, there is a... See, this, this, all, tie, this all ties into persecution because the level of government, whatever the level of government will allow is what will happen to the church. You better be praying that we stay free because if we don't, the church is going to undergo persecution probably like the world has never seen. I'm telling you, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just being honest with you. This is why we have to understand things that are taking place. There is a communist manifesto that's been around for a very long time. And in 1958, um, the communists said, this is how we are going to take over America. And people laughed at them. And there is a book called, which I've yet to read, but I've listened to some people talk about it. And I'm going to read it. It's called Naked Communism and or something to, to that effect. And it's basically exposing the whole plan of the, of the communist manifesto this evil thing to bring people back into captivity and to rule over them. And according to the communist manifesto right now with what, I mean, right now in this day with what we are seeing, the tearing down of statues, the complete anarchy, all of the confusion, the, the propaganda, the, the misinformation, all of that stuff that's happening right now, it is designed to destroy America. And if that doesn't get your blood like, I got to do something, then you need to just go study history a little bit more. And you say, well, that's not what I learned in school. You probably were indoctrinated wrongly because most people sitting in this room have had, and I am by no means a history buff. I don't know that much, but I know just enough that my eyes have been opened up to go, you know what? We got to protect this thing. And I'm so passionate about what God has given us, not because it came from perfect men and not because they did it perfectly, but because it was based on the word of God. In 6,000 years, there's only been one other group of people that have had a governing system to where they govern and rule themselves. And that was the children of Israel for 400 years from the time that Moses brought down the law. The law wasn't so much between them and God as it was between each other. It was both. Because, you know, a certain part of the Ten Commandments were, were against God or not to be against God, but the, ones, the other ones were against people. And so they had a civil law that was given, and what did they do? They put judges in place, and for 400 years, the judges ruled the people. And they were elected officials that would rule in civil matters amongst the people. And for 400 years, they lived without a king. And they lived in harmony. What happened was that the moral fiber of them began to deteriorate because they brought the word of God down lower. They stopped fearing God. They stopped fearing his word and let these other ideals creep in. And that's eventually what caused them to say, we want a king. We want a king. And they told Samuel, we want a king. And, and Samuel said, God, they want a king. And he said, tell them they're going to regret 
the day that they get a king. Samuel told them. Samuel goes back to God and says, they still want a king. He said, okay, they want a king. Give them a king, but they're going to regret it. And you know what they had? And God, and you just look at King David and things, God totally worked all of that into his plan because he's awesome like that. But they had to live underneath of the rule of other people's thumb because they stopped honoring God. They stopped living according to God's laws and it caused them to live underneath of man. We, our constitution, the constitution of the United States was formed based off of the Levitical laws that caused those people, the Jews, for 400 years to govern themselves. That's exactly what the United States constitution was built off of. And we are, we are folks, we are this close from having it taken away from us, this close from it being destroyed. And I hear people say that, and, I, and I've heard people say that, and I'm going, amen. And I'll hear somebody next to me go, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You need to study history. The things that are going on right now, I think I could say this, and, and I would have less problem saying this than what I might have had a few weeks ago. The people that are doing the, the quote, protesting, which you're turning into riots, it's part of the communist manifesto. It is intentional. It's by design. There were people in Ferguson when they were protesting. And see, what they did was they took something that was a very important matter. There really is racism in our country. It still exists. And it needs to be 100% eradicated. So they took something that is a real problem. It's really there. And they capitalized on it. And they were, this is a true story. They were paying, and they're doing it now. They're paying protesters to go. And in Ferguson, the majority, this is what I just heard that the majority of the people that were there protesting were not even from Ferguson. They were paid in from somewhere else, bust in, and in many cases, they have pallets of bricks dropped on the streets so that they pick them up and they throw them because they don't have anything else to fight with unless somebody pays for the bricks to be shipped there. You say, why are you talking about all this? Because our eyes have got to be opened up. We have to see what's going on. If all I affect are 100 or 150 or 200 people, and before this election cycle, I'm going to do it with everything I have in me. It is, listen to me, it is not about a right or a left issue. That's not the deal. It's not about Democrat or Republican. It is about freedom versus bondage. And the freedoms that we have in this country were bought and paid for by, by men and women who have laid down their lives. So when I see people trashing our flag, I think the only reason you even have a right to stand and do some of the stuff you do is because people laid down their life to, to, to give you the freedoms that you have and you're just basically just peeing all over it. I'll say it that way. I'm telling you, this stuff gets me hot. And I've just determined that I'm going to speak the truth and if people don't like it, then that, if you don't like it, that's on you. But you need to know the truth. Paul said this. He said, not many days... From now, you're going to see me no more. This is Acts chapter 20. But he said, I am innocent of the blood of men. In essence, I'm innocent of the lives of men. Why? Because I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of the word of God. The, the United States Constitution is directly tied into the word of God. I have a responsibility as a pastor, as a part of the new black robe regiment in this day and time to stand up and say, we are going to vote right. We're going to believe right. We're going to pray right. We're going to bring God back into our country. We're going to bring God back into our school system. We're going to bring God back into our government. The whole thing about separation, I have Christians tell me, separation of church and state, brother, that was meant to be a one-way wall. People don't even know what separation of church and state was for. 
Separation of church and state, by the way, was not in the Constitution. It was not in the Declaration of Independence. That was something that Thomas Jefferson said, a point that he made to keep the state from determining what people are going to believe. But it was never meant to keep the church out of government. The church, we are supposed to be the light. We are supposed to be the ones that carry the gospel. And we go into these places. And we go into these areas, these areas of society, these mountains, and we are the light. We are the salt. We are the change agent that goes into it. But if we are blinded to what the enemy is really doing, and you say, you sound like a conspiracy theorist. I have not told you one thing this morning that is even close to conspiracy. It is all 100% factual true. You can go to fact checker and find out. Amen. No, you probably can't do that. But I'm telling you, I, I've, I'm, I'm not the most learned person, and I could... I could think of a whole bunch of people that could stand up here and say a thousand things more than what I know. But I know what I know, and I'm telling you the truth. If we don't, if we don't stand for freedom, if we don't do what we're supposed to do, we are going to lose our, our, our rights and our freedoms that we have as Americans. And what's going to happen is that the government is going to press down on us. They are not interested in the Muslims. They're not interested in the Buddhists or whoever else. They are interested in stopping the gospel of Jesus Christ in the church which carries the gospel. They don't even know why they hate us so much, but they just hate us. We know why they hate us, and they hate us because we have light, and light has no fellowship with darkness. All of the other religions would say, eh, whatever, you want to do whatever you want, just do whatever you want. And there is freedom in our country that people can live like they want. I don't want to oppress people because of what I believe, but I also don't want laws and politicians being put in place that would come in and suppress me. I'm going to find this right quick. I think I can quote it. William Pitt the Younger was a prime minister of Great Britain. I don't remember the years. But he said, the infringement of every human freedom, necessity is the infringement upon every human freedom. There's more to it. Hang on. Hang with me. Here. Because I have something else I got to tell you about what's happening in California. You say, that'll never happen here. They're in the same country we are. Hang on a second. I know I want to find this. Somebody, somebody look, look up William, William Pitt the Younger quotes, and it'll be one of the main quotes that he made. I posted this on Facebook, and I'm scrolling. I'm trying to find it. Because I don't want to mess it up. I want to say it just right. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, thank you. Now everybody say it. Thank you for telling me the truth. Now everybody say it. Thank you for telling me the truth. That will make me feel better when I leave here. Here we go. You got it? Here we go. Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. 
It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. Necessity is the plea for every infringement of human freedom. It is the argument of tyrants. It is the creed of slaves. The coronavirus is real. It's a real virus that's, that's in our world. And I don't take that lightly. And I want people to be safe. I want everybody to be in good health. All of that kind of stuff. But you realize that they are weaponizing this thing to come against the church. You, I've been saying this, and people are like, well, that sounds a little bit. It's happening now. I mean, argue with me now, and I'll give you all kinds of factual proof of what's happening right now. Right now, in California, right now, they have said you can no longer sing in churches. Y'all heard this, haven't you? Why? Because... Necessity is the plea of every infringement of human freedom. In what right world is it ever okay to tell saints you can't worship God through song? Yeah. Folks, that is wrong to the core. You say, well, people need to be safe. Benjamin Franklin said this. He said, if you are willing to give up a little freedom for a little security, you don't deserve either one of them. I'm fine with keeping people safe. That's fine. And we've got, we set up because we've had some more cases and things happen and we want people to feel comfortable, feel safe. We set up the social distancing thing to where people, if they felt like they need to do that, that's fine. It's no problem. There's nothing wrong with using wisdom. Wash your hands. You want to wear a mask. That's your business. You can wear a mask all the time. I'm not against any of that. But what I am saying is we need to know the time and the hour that we're living in. I almost beg, beg the Lord. I don't beg. That's not right. But in my mind, I think, God, I don't want to say this stuff. If I don't say this, who else is going to say it? You're not going to hear this anywhere else. You say, well, I just don't know. If... Just go get and study history. Look at history. And as long as our government, whatever level they will allow, is the level that we will be persecuted. You listen to me. Whatever level they will allow is the level that we will be persecuted. This is why we have to pray, we need to vote, we need to believe God that we're going to be able to continue to worship in freedom and do what the Lord has asked us to do. And the deal is we're going to do it either way. But I'd rather do it without the threat of government. And you say, well, I think that you should have taken more and better measures with the coronavirus, this, that, and the other. I don't. At some point, you have to live your life. We cannot stay shut up inside. And when you, listen, this, this is the, this is right here. This is our manual for how to live life. And it says in Hebrews, see, I'm, I, I just got to a point in my life where I said, God, I'm not going to believe, and I'm not, certainly not going to preach, but I'm not going to believe anything else beside this. It says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 26, it says, as you see the day approaching, does anybody not see the day approaching? Come on now. It's like we're living out the book of Revelation. It's happening right in front of our eyes. It's, it's we're on the brink. And I had someone recently, they said, Christians never, in time focused Christians never waste a good crisis. And I thought, I'm not focused on it, but I am aware of what's going on. You'd have to be blinded to not know what's going on. 
or just not care. I don't know. But it says, as you see the day approaching, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And as you see the day approaching so much more, virus, and I'm not saying there's not wisdom, but the virus, government, whatever it is, when it comes down to it, whether to obey God or obey the things that are going on, I'm going to obey God. Fight out. So when they're saying, nope, you can't go to church. Nope. And you say, we're not feeling that here. That's because we are in the middle of rural Missouri, Perryville, and I'm thankful to be here. But 80 miles down the road, there's a lot of things different happening. And when you go 800 miles in different directions with bigger cities and whatever, they're experiencing something very, very different than what we have happening right now. We just need to be, we just flat out need to be aware. This isn't a pro-Trump slogan. It's not a pro or I mean, teaching, it's not a pro-Republican thing. This is about freedom. You have to understand this is about freedom. And I just got to a point in my life to where I'm like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run with this. And I'm not going to look back because I see the things that are going on. And if God established something, who in here believes that God established this country? He gave us this country. He gave us this land. He gave us the Constitution. If you believe that, and I believe that, then we need to stand up to protect what God has freely given to us. Amen. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes. Can I go for a few more minutes? I want to talk to you about persecution. And I've got verses that I'm going to read to you very quickly. I think we can pull them up on the screen. 2 Timothy chapter 3. So that's, that's from a, a freedom perspective of what we need to do to continue to work to keep ourselves free and to keep our country free. But in the reality of the day that we're living in, we are going to experience persecution. We have experienced persecution on different levels. And again, I I say this, it's extremely important. The persecution we have here is like, I don't like you. I don't like your message. Maybe even might get sued, things like that. Man, you go to North Africa, North India, North Korea, a lot of North places, a lot of places in the Middle East, they will chop your head off. It's ha- people are martyred, every, Christians are martyred every single day in this world. Why? Why? Oh, because they're more evil over there. No, they're not. The same demonic spirits that kill those people over there are the same demonic spirits that are working here that would kill me and you if they legally were allowed to do it. This is why it says pray for those who governally rule over you so that you could live quiet and peaceable lives. Because if the ones that rule over you don't like you and they make policies against you, which in essence, this is the whole thing about freedom and about America and the Constitution is we're supposed to be ruling them. They are our servants. They work for us. The governing officials do. Praise God. By the way, Dale Wright is our representative right here in this district. And you know what he told me on the phone? I said, I talked to him on the phone one day. I said, it's really an honor to talk to you. Thank you for all you do. And he said, I work for you. I thought... Oh, you can't talk about politics from the pulpit. Bull hockey. If you got a man or you got a woman of God who's willing to stand up for freedom, I'll be certainly glad to give their name from the pulpit. I'm not going to bash anybody. I'm not into bashing people. I'm into loving people. I like what Katie said. We need to show compassion to people. All that's awesome. But if I got someone that's going to stand up for the Constitution, stand up for what's right, I'm going to talk about them in a good way. Amen. But this is why if we have people that are making our laws and they don't like us or they dislike 
Oh, Jesus, I don't even have time to go there. And I literally don't have time. <laughs> nope, okay, I'm going to do that for another day. Thank you, Jesus. But if they don't like you, they're going to make laws that are going to make it harder for you to worship and do the things like you want to do. And then this is where persecution starts to enter in. So what I'm saying is I'm believing God for the best, but I think it's right for us to prepare that whatever would come against us in whatever way that we're right as believers, we're seated, we're set right to be able to handle things as they come to us. Here's 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. We're going to read verse 12 and 13 here. It says, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. <laughs> you don't even have to do anything. All you have to do is desire it and you're going to suffer persecution. <laughs> Fun times. Okay, verse 13. It says, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're still in the dispensation of the church era, and he was writing to Timothy. Paul was writing to Timothy here and saying these things are going to happen. That's a letter. For me, this is a letter as a pastor. It was like a pastoral letter. This is a letter for me that things are going to go, go, uh, grow worse and worse. People are going to be deceived, and they're going to deceive many, and we will be persecuted just because we desire to live godly. It's not a badge we wear, but it's the reality of what we, live, what we live in. It comes with the territory. Being a believer, and this is why it's like, God, why are you, this is so strong on my heart. And I think it's like, I'm, I'm willing to be the one out front to start preaching this stuff because more, pre, more pastors are going to have to preach these things. More are going to have to do it because the time that we're living in, because we've, we have lived in a measure of blessing, but a measure of just kind of fluff in America where we hadn't had to worry about stuff like this. But I believe that the day is approaching to where we are going to have to be concerned, not worry, but be concerned about what's happening. Look here in Mark chapter 10 and verse 29. It says, so Jesus answered and said, I'll wait for it to get up there on the screen. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Here we go. It says, Jesus answered and said, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospels, verse 30, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Praise God. I like that. Continue reading. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. So praise God, we get to receive back for the things that we give up in this life, but it doesn't come without persecution. Persecution comes with the territory. There are certain things God has redeemed us from, and there are certain things he has not redeemed us from. One of the things we are not redeemed from is from persecution. Your family will persecute you. If the, the government is not protecting you and allowing the freedoms in the land, uh, they will persecute you. Persecution comes from a lot of different ways, but we're not set free from it. There are certain things we have authority over, and then there are certain things that we don't have authority over. Man, we got authority over our bodies, over sickness, over all kinds of things, but when it comes to persecution, it literally is fair game. And so that's why we just have to say, Lord, help me be built in such a way that I can handle and I respond properly to the things coming against me. Let me give you two reasons, and I'm gonna give these to you quick. Two reasons why Christians get persecuted. So here's two reasons why Christians get persecuted. And persecution can come in a lot of different forms, and I'm not going to get into that at the moment, and you could probably go there and figure it out yourself. But I'm going to give you two, two reasons why they get persecuted. Here's number one, is because of revelation. Because of revelation. 
And Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32, if we could pull that up there on the screen, would be wonderful. Hebrews 10 and 32. It says, but recall the former days. And now let me say this, that the writer of Hebrews, which I believe to be Paul, was writing to the Hebrews because they had come to a point to where they had endured such persecution from, their, from the Jewish leaders. And these were ones that had put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah. They had separated themselves from Judaism. And all of the whole book of Hebrews is all about how Jesus is better than the old thing. And so trust in Jesus because he's way better than what you've been doing. But they were tempted to go back to the old ways because it would have been easier for them. This is just like when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. They got to a point to where they're out there and they were thirsty and hungry. And they're like, God, you just brought us out of here to die. At least back in bondage, we had cucumbers and we had leeks and we had all of these, all of these pleasures, but they were still in bondage. And this is the temptation many times for people that when they start to move forward, they get pressed on and then they want to go back. Oftentimes, persecution will come because of revelation. It says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings. Now, I've had a lot of revelation in my life, and I've never had persecution in terms of like my life being threatened, but I have had people come against me. I've had times, especially in my younger days when I was like, God, I know you showed me this, but I didn't really know how to stand in it. And I would say it and I would have like 10 people be like, I can't believe you said that. It was totally demonic to throw me off of what God was showing me. But then I've had times to where it was like, you know, the Lord, I remember when the Lord first gave me revelation about healing. And I was like, man, I know, I know healing in the word and God, you revealed healing to me. And this is awesome. And I was just like, wow, my eyes were just, you know, just totally open to it. And then the next day I had, I never, I never had a knee problem in my life. And my knee hurt so bad when I woke up, I couldn't even move it. And I was, I mean, I'm pretty young now. I was really young then. I could literally couldn't even move my knee. And I'm like, oh man, what's going on? And the Lord said, it's just the devil. And I said, in Jesus' name, my leg, knee, you are healed. And I'm telling you, I went, oh, this is a true story. God is my witness. I could not even move it. I was in so much pain. I went from that to being able to move it freely within, I don't know, 30 seconds or a minute. It was totally demonic. Why? Because of the revelation that I had. Next day, the exact same thing happened with my other knee. For whatever reason, that one took me about an hour to overcome. I don't know why, but it did. So oftentimes persecution, and that's a form of persecution, will, co will come because of illumination, because of revelation. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. Y'all getting something out of this? And it says, lest I should be exalted. Oh, I'm going to wait for you to put it up there. You're doing a, a fantastic job. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. And there's a lot of, uh, I've heard a lot of strange teaching on this. Let me just say this, that this is not, um, it was not sickness. And I don't have time to get into it to prove that to you, but it wasn't sickness. And this was not a messenger of God. It was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him. Why? Because of revelation. This is because of the abundance of revelation. Whenever you have illumination, revelation, God opens up your eyes, you can bet the enemy will always try and come and stop what it is that God is showing you. Because when it boils down to it, the word of God revealed in your heart is where all the power is in your life. And if the enemy can, can come in and try to 
try to twist it, get you in fear, get you in doubt, bring any kind of whatever against you. He's going to do it to try to stop the word from working. And this goes with the next thing. And my last verse on this point, which is why, reason number one why Christians get persecuted is because of Revelation, Mark chapter 4. And in verse 14, if we could pull that up, Mark 4 and 14. It says, the sower sows the word. Verse 15. And these are the ones sown by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. What is that? That's persecution. It might come from a lot of different ways and in different, you know, however. But he will come and he will try and take the word from your heart immediately. There are things... Let me just, let me backtrack here like 15 minutes ago. There are things that I said that some of you were like, pff, pff. most of you are okay, but some of you probably were like, are struggling with it a little bit. <laughs> That's the enemy trying to steal the word that I played on your heart. That's what that is. Amen. So that's when you have to go, you know what? I'm going to listen. <clears throat> Do you know what it means to be a Berean? To have a Berean attitude? In Acts chapter uh, 17 or 19, I think it's 17, it says that he was in Thessalonica. Paul was in Thessalonica, and they were going to kill him. So the disciples sent him away to a town called Berea, or Berea. I don't know how you say it. I never, I didn't figure it out. But anyways, whatever that town is, and it says that these were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. And then it says why? It says because they received the word with the readiness. They were willing to receive it. They had an open heart. They were ready. But then they searched the, the scriptures to find whether these things be true or not. They did their due diligence to say, God, I'm here and I'm ready to receive a word from you. Okay, I'm not sure about that, but I'm going to go and find out whether it'd be true. Instead of just going, I don't agree with that. Most of the times in my life, when I've been sitting somewhere and going, I just don't agree with that, I was wrong. Why was I doing that? Because that was the enemy trying to get me to shut off something that I needed in my life. Amen. Point number two, reason number two why Christians get persecuted. Let's go to Psalm chapter two. Psalm chapter two. And actually, if you want to pull this up, um, we're going to look at probably the first eight verses here. But let me read this. This is a prophecy about Jesus returning and the time that, that is happening right before Jesus is going to return. This is awesome. Man, this just puts things into perspective. Psalm 2 and 2. It says, why? What version is that? Oh, that's verse 2. That's the right one. Just go back to verse 1. There we go. It says, why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? That's a really good question. Why in the world are people doing some of the stuff that they're doing? Jesus. Verse 2, it says, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. I like what Andrew says. He says, how dumb can you get and still breathe? <laughs> Listen, it is not smart to come against God. It's just, it's just been proven throughout history. It's not a good idea. But yet people are still doing this. And this is a prophecy about right before Jesus comes and then during, that, during the time, the time we're living in right now, I really believe this, this, this applies. We have people that are sitting in council in secret, although the Lord knows. They're sitting in council in secret, planning and plotting things against God's people. 
Why are they doing it? I don't know that I have a great answer other than they're just full of evil. Some people are just evil. There's a line in in uh, one of the Batman movies. Man, I like the Batman movies. I like the old Batman movies. No, no, I like the Batman movies with Christian Bale. Batman movies now are not, anyways. In one of the good Batman movies, he said, Alfred said, in his English accent, he said, some people just like to watch the world burn. And that's come back to me a lot. I thought, you know, that's just how some people are. They don't even know why they're doing what they're doing. They just want to see the world on fire because they're full of the devil. It says they take, they take um, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord, saying, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. So you look at where we're at now, and if we get God's perspective, we could actually literally just laugh at it and go. And that's not to say that we shouldn't care, but it really, it shouldn't become such a care to us that it destroys us. Things might get worse. I have a sneaky suspicion, and I'm going to say this to you, not thus saith the Lord, and we can believe different than this, but in our country, Jesus help me. You realize that all of this stuff has happened on an election year. Well, I just don't like President Trump, and I think that, you know, his tweets are mean. Who cares? We didn't elect a pastor, we elected a president. The powers that be, you just have to go, you gotta go research it. Because I say these things and people are like, well, it just seems like conspiracy to me, brother. It's not. There are people that are setting counsel together, just like with this, the kings of the earth are taking counsel against the Lord, against the anointed one, against his people, saying, let us break their bonds. Let us cast away their cords. It's happening. There is, let me tell you something. There has been a lot of things said and done against the church in the last five, 10 years, especially the last two, three years, lots of things, tons of things. We have people screaming. I'm not, I'm not gonna get into that. Lots of things coming against the church. Do you realize that the Republicans are not standing up saying we need to protect the church? Do you know who is? The guy in the White House. There was a meeting and it was supposed to be in secret, but it got leaked. Listen to Lance Wall now. He is a prophet for our time, for our day. I'm telling you, he is right on. Thus saith the Lord, he is right on. He's someone you can listen to. He's got his ear to the ground. He's got his ear to the Holy Ghost, and he knows what's going on. Lance Wall now. Lance Wall now. And he was in a meeting. Actually, I take that back. He was not in the meeting, but he had someone that he was... Uh, close with, and it was, that was in the meeting, and there was a bunch of Christian leaders that were there. And at one point, all the press was in there. President Trump says, okay, we're going to shut the meeting down, and I want all the press to leave. So he kicked all the press out of the room. And he said, this is for you guys to know this. A bunch of Christian leaders. 
he said, you do not realize that they, speaking of the establishment, if we could say it like that, they are against you and the only thing between them and you is me. It wasn't a prideful thing. He was just saying the reality of it. He said, well, are you going to campaign for Trump? Actually, I'd love to do that. But no, this isn't a campaign for Trump. It's about freedom. It's about what's taking place. It's about having our eyes opened up to see what's happening in the spirit. When the cap is removed from, the protection is removed from America, there is no last free stand in this world. When they start taking down our monuments, they start trying to do things to erase our history, that is the last thing that they need to do in order to come in and really try to take over. Man, I know he's got a checkered past. I know he says cuss words. I get all that. Who cares? Is he God's Cyrus to rescue God's people? Or is he not? Cyrus, King Cyrus was a pagan king and God used him to deliver his people. God, use Donald Trump to deliver your, your church. Use Donald Trump to deliver America. Use Donald Trump to preserve the Constitution of the United States. Use Donald Trump for any areas where people are still in bondage and there's not equality like there needs to be. Use Donald Trump to, to ratify that and rectify that and make it right. The reason the Emancipation Proclamation happened and all of the things revolving around that was because the foundation was there that was right. The foundation was right. You understand me? The foundation was right. I worked in a business, family business for a lot of years doing custom. We did a lot of things, but we did custom upholstery. And I made basically hard valances that are called cornices that go up over windows and we made uh, headboards, and we made custom-made headboards, and anything that was upholstered, if you could put it on paper, we basically could make it. That was really good. I did awesome work, anyways. <laughs> I, was really, I was good at it, but the thing is, is that even after a lot of years of being good at it, I would have some things, and the process was this. You would get the picture, you'd get the work ticket, you'd get the fabric, and they would tell you what they wanted, and then you would build it just out of raw wood, and then we would pad it appropriately, and then we would fabricate it. And there was all kinds of different things with fabric, and there's all kinds of different things we would have to do, different applications or whatever. And it was very common for us to get things that we had never done before. It was like so many different things were prototype. So many things that we did, it was like, we don't really know how to do this, but we're going to do the very best that we can. And do you know that there were times when I would take, and sometimes the material I was working with was one, two, three, four, five hundred. I even had some that I worked with that was over $600 a yard. 36 inches by 54 inches wide. Could be hundreds of dollars. You mess that up and you've more than lost all your profit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about with concrete, you know? And so sometimes it was really difficult. And there were times we would build it right, we would pad it right, and then we'd go to upholster it and it just wouldn't look right. And we go, what do we have to do here? What we didn't do is go back and rebuild the thing. What we would go back do is we'd peel back the fabric a little bit and we'd say, you know what, this padding needs to be here. We need to move this here. We need to put a hole here or whatever it was because it was new. 
So it wasn't perfect. You know what the Lord said? He said, that's exactly what happened when the Declaration of Independence was written and done. The foundation was right. There were just some things that needed to be tweaked a little bit. You know what the Emancipation Proclamation was? And and then I forget the the numbers, but like the 14th, 15th, 16th Amendment or whatever. All kinds of things that should have been there. Black people should have been free. They should have been able to vote and do all the things that they're allowed to do now. The same with women. They should have, nobody should have ever had to fight for that. They did. But praise God, the foundation was there that they could peel it back and then begin to put it back in the right way that it's supposed to be. Folks, the foundation of our country is right. It's based on the Bible. We live in a fallen world and nobody ever does anything perfect. Even our founding fathers. They didn't do anything perfect. But praise God for the ability to go back and ratify things as they've needed to be. Amen. Man, I hope you're getting something out of this because I'm pouring my heart out here. I'm going to have to go home and pray in tongues because I know, which I'm going to do anyways, but I know, I know. Listen, if this, if this is offensive to you or confusing to you, come talk to me and I will give you more history. I will. I'll give you more history to say, okay, I see what you're saying, but let me explain some more things to you. See, nobody wants to be the one that says, yeah, I've been in darkness. Anybody in here like to say, hey, I've been in darkness? Anybody like, nobody likes to say that. But we have to realize that at times our eyes have been blinded to the realities of what's going on. We all have to come to that conclusion. And you say, well, I don't think you're right about everything. I'm not right about everything. I'm human. I'm just who God has to work with. But I'm, I'm bold enough and willing enough to say, God, I'll say it. I'll do it. I'll say it. And if I don't say it perfectly, and the people get upset with me, I'll still just continue to say it and do it anyways because I know I'm moving and marching in the order of your truth and what you've asked us to do. Amen. Let me finish reading this scripture verse here real quick. And then in verse, so in verse four, it says, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and you shall dash them to pieces like potter's vessel. You know, the deal is, is that at some point, and this is why we need to be in faith and not in fear, at some point Jesus is going to go come back and he's going to change everything back to be like it's supposed to be, where he is king. He is, because the idea of a kingdom is a great idea, but you've got to have the right king. Bad king, bad kingdom. Good king, good kingdom. What is happening in our world? I just learned this. I'm going to give you some fresh history that I just learned in closing. If you've ever seen a seashell, and there's a, there's a mathematical term for it, I don't know I don't know what it is, but if you see a seashell, as a, that seashell, seashell by the seashore, as it grows, and if you see the swirly one, right? And the swirls start out small and they get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger and they get bigger, right? That's exactly what's happened with mankind in the history of, of humanity. You, had, you have this thing where people have always wanted to dominate. And it's actually embedded in us, and it's a good thing because the Lord created Adam and Eve, and he said, I give you authority and dominion over the earth. 
But then they went and did something stupid and they gave it over to the enemy. And now it's been a fight for man to always try to find dominance in a fallen world. They don't do it right. And so it started with Cain and Abel was the first uh, dominant story, if you will. And then we see the Tower of Babel. Well, there, there was an empire that was being built there and then things were dispersing. Well, when you go from there... All the way through human history, you find that every empire that was built got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and their goal always was to rule the entire world. You can look at the Mongol Empire. Um, the last great one, which was the biggest one, was the, um, the, the, not Mongol, Mongolian. I don't know where Mongols came in, but they were Mongols, weren't they? Okay, whatever. The people that started with M. Their empire was huge. Great Britain. Um, that empire before the formation of the United States, and that's what is so mind-blowing and God-involved. You had the greatest empire that the world had ever seen. Thirteen colonies came and said, we're not going to have anything to do with you. We're going to make our own country. And as a matter of fact, that country has now become the greatest country, but it's not an empire. It's a republic ruled by the people, not a bunch of elites. Praise God. Um, and so, but as you look down through time, all the way from the, the uh, Tower of Babel, all the way up until that empire, you've seen that it was continually increasing. Why? Because there is a groan in the earth to have a one world government. And it's actually a good thing. But what is going to happen before the true one world government that's supposed to be there is the antichrist world government where there is going to be a huge, vast number of people that are going to come underneath of that rule. But on the other side of that, Jesus wins. And we're going to be underneath of his rule in his reign. And for a thousand years is what the Bible tells us, that we're going to reign and rule with him in the new heaven and the new earth. You say, what does that look like? I don't know. Don't ask me. I just know that's what the Bible says. And I couldn't tell you what it really actually looks like. I just know that to be true. These are exciting times that we're living in. Praise God. And it's, and it's peaceful. We should be at peace and rest in our heart because the Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And what is to come already lives on the inside of us. And so then we can look, and I mean, I'm preaching to myself here, and then we can look, and if we're not operating in righteousness, peace, and joy, but we're being affected by all the things around us, that's when we step back and go, God, what kingdom am I, am I really living by? We're in this world, but we're not of the world. We're of God. We're citizens of heaven. We're ambassadors for him. And we should constantly, regardless of the turmoil on the earth, live in righteousness, peace, and joy all the time. Amen. I'm going to finish this message on persecution next week, and it is really good. It's really encouraging. You're going to be super blessed by it. Amen. Would you just stand and let me bless you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Father, I pray over every heart that's in here right now. I know I said some tough things. I know I said some difficult things and things that maybe they're not sure of. But, Lord, I can stand before you with all confidence saying that the maybe I didn't give us some right dates or something, although I was pretty close on everything. God, the heart of what I was saying was 100% right, and I know I carry your heart. I carry your heart for this church, and I carry your heart for these people, and I carry your heart for this region, and I carry your heart for this nation. And Father, I thank you that my eyes are opened up in greater measure to see things like you see them, to understand things like you understand them. And Father, I thank you that we would be willing to lay down what we think is right and pick up what you know, what you know is right and what your spirit is revealing in this hour. That God, it really is about freedom. You want your people to be free spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, politically, in every sense of the word. You have created people to be free 
to not be bound by other human beings or not be bound by the devil in any way. And God, we are, we are people that are willing to stand and fight. And God, I know, I know that there are several uh, men and women in here, some that would say, no, I wouldn't do that because I just, whatever. But God, I know that there are several men in here that if it if came necessary to stand arm in arm to protect our constitution, that they would be willing to do that because we recognize that it is a God-ordained, God-given, anointed by the Holy Ghost document to keep us free and moving in the direction of freedom. So Father, I thank you for just a rising up on the inside, specifically of the men in this room and the ones that are watching online too that they would be willing to stand up and say, I will fight for freedom. I'll fight for the flag and what it represents. I'll fight for everything that God has given this country, that's given this, this blessed nation, that we would continue to walk in your ways. And God, for the great repentance that needs to happen in America. And God, I don't, know, I don't even know how to say if we're a sheep nation or a goat nation. I really couldn't answer that. I believe we're a sheep nation, but then I see a lot of things going on that I think are totally demonic, totally not of you. God, Roe v. Wade. God, let Roe v. Wade be overturned. And Father, we have a president right now that has said that he will appoint conservative, not from a political view, but from a moral view. He, he will appoint conservative justices that will vote life. And so, Father, I declare in Jesus' name that he will be able to do that, if not once, maybe even two more times. And, God, we will stand. We will continue to stand and pray and believe that Roe v. Wade, our Holocaust, the most disgusting thing that's ever hit, our country would be eradicated from every state, every state in the union at the same time that, God, repentance would come to the people and people's eyes would be opened up. Father, I thank you that there's workings happening right now. There's workings happening right now in Jesus' name for that to be moved in the right direction and for things to happen like you want them to happen. I thank you that America, even if only for a time period, would be a beacon of hope in the world, a, a representation of what the true government of Jesus looks like. It's a free government. It's a free people to where we're not bound by anything. Thank you, God, that we can continue in that. But Lord, whatever happens, we're going we're gonna to make the decision that we're not going to quit and give up on you. We're going to follow you all the way to the very end. We love you, Jesus. We thank you that you are king in our life. You are Lord over our life. And because you're a good king, we live in a good kingdom. You're a great king, and this is a great kingdom we're a part of. God, I bless these saints in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Love you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we're making a difference, visit ociperryville.com.